Hey everyone, this is the Dr. William Clark Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. William Clark. Glad to be with you for another podcasting opportunity and glad to uh, be with you on your journey to building the nonprofit you're you're called to build. You know, in a previous podcast, I mentioned uh, non uh, nonprofits is where the most courageous and the most uh, inspired companies exist. And then I followed up and said, this is also where the most uh, courageous and inspired leaders work. This is where people with heart work. This is where the most creative people work. And certainly that includes you who's listening to this podcast. Glad to be with you again for another episode. I wanted to talk uh, about this topic, how to use in-kind donations to frame your budget. And uh, honestly, there is a uh, much deeper conversation I want to have with you guys about budgets. I have to figure out um, how I'm going to do that, whether I'm going to do a podcast or actually teach a class on it. And that's something I got to work through. Uh, so just sit tight for that. We'll figure out how to make that happen. But for today, I want to briefly talk about how to use uh, in-kind donations to frame your budget. Now, you got to understand that as a part, a part of your budget development must include uh, in-kind donations. In-kind donations are, are donations of stuff, time, um, resources, information, etc. that's given to your nonprofit free of charge. And Every nonprofit has access to this type of uh, donation type. Uh, you do not not have access to it, right? Uh, on a, in, in a simple, simplistic way, if you started a nonprofit and um, your mom, um, of course, you know, let's assume you're on your own, but your mom says, hey, use my basement for an office. That's an in-kind donation. Let's say your spouse says, go ahead, use the, the office or the room that we don't need anymore for an office. That's an in-kind donation. Let's say your church says, Come on through to the church. We'll allow you to use an office or a basement for community uh, services for youth. That's an in-kind donation. And, and it's an in-kind donation because you're not getting charged for it. Hopefully, you're not getting charged for it, right? If you're getting charged for it, that is not an in-kind donation. That's you paying a fee to utilize that resource. But whenever you're giving something without paying a charge for it, that is an in-kind donation. And every organization, every nonprofit organization, young or mature, utilizes uh, in-kind donations to have the impact they need to have uh, in their community. And so that's something that you should get comfortable with, familiar with, because it is something that will continue to fuel your nonprofit for years to come. It is something that's going to continue to help bring things to light for your nonprofit um, and to make your dreams and your vision come to reality. So there are five things I want to share with you about how to use in-kind donations to frame your budget. Now, don't use this podcast as a way to specifically put together a budget. There are ways to do that. I am not an accountant expert. I am not a tax expert. I encourage you to contact your accountant to figure out how to uh, calculate the cost of an in-kind donation if it's relevant to a budget you're putting together for a funder or your board of directors. So please do not use this information to say Dr. Clark said, Dr. Clark did not say anything relative to budget creation. However, I want to give you some content around how to use in-kind donations uh, to frame your budget. Now, the first thing I want to share with you is that meetings uh, are key to helping frame your budget, right? Now, there are a couple of ways that we can go with this in terms of meetings, uh, in terms of how they support your program. Um, meetings in terms of meeting space, uh, meeting time, meeting resources, right? Meeting space. Pre-corona, uh, you would go and have a meeting uh, with your community. You would meet with your partners. And let's say you guys would meet at the local uh, community center 
at the Boys and Girls Club or at the Salvation Army or at Church X, Y, and Z. And they would just simply open the doors for you and to your partners, your stakeholders, friends, etc. to host your meeting. And there's no bill at the end of the meeting. That is in-kind donation. And we kind of covered that before. Um, meeting resources. Um, think about this. A lot of us have moved to Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and other online platforms to govern and guide our programs, to govern and guide our teams. And let's say you're a nonprofit and you wanted a um, a, a pro uh, enterprise account for zoom and you can't afford it i mean yeah you can go get a free one but you really want the the pro account where you can do a lot more with it for programmatic purposes and let's say uh, a colleague from another organization says hey you can use our zoom account let's say your church says use our zoom account use our pro zoom account i know because i've done this right and they allow to use allow you to use it it's an account they paid for with all the bells and whistles you're using it on a regular basis and there's no charge for it that's an in-kind donation for a resource to still get work done this is the context that i want you to understand how meetings kind of can play a, a part in in-kind donations and framing your budget if you didn't have to, if you don't have to pay a fee to use the community center or to use an office in your mom's basement or to use any other space that's given to you, that's something that will not impact your budget directly because it is donated. It can be considered an asset. Again, please talk to your uh, professionals about this. But you got to realize that when you don't have to pay for this stuff outright with cash, Right. This is a gift to you. This is a gift to your organization. This is a gift that keeps on giving. And it's something that allows you to maneuver cash around for things you do have to pay for. So that's the first thing I want to share with you. The second way uh, in-kind donations can impact, impact and frame your budget is the use of volunteers. This is probably the most obvious way most people understand in-kind donations, volunteers. And let's take the board away for a second. But think about volunteers who show up at your event who say, I'm here to help you work, work alongside you to actually serve at this event to do X, Y, and Z. You don't pay them salary, don't pay them overhead, you don't pay uh, them a 401k, you don't pay them anything. They just show up and say, hey, I'm here to help, I'm here to serve. This is an in-kind donation. Now, one of the things I do want to throw in here as we talk about volunteers is while volunteers and free meeting space is great, trust me, it is great to not spend money on that stuff, you got to realize that there's nothing like having something that you own or control. It's nothing like having a meeting space that you can specifically say it's ours and we're going to meet at this time at this place for this reason. There's nothing greater than that because then you control what happens when it happens, etc. Same thing with volunteers. It is cool. It is cool to have volunteers. Trust me, people think as they start their nonprofit, the first thing got to do is get volunteers. That's cool. But listen, there's something about having paid staff who are completely dedicated. They are professionals. They are paid to come to your nonprofit every day and work and accomplish X, Y, and Z. Volunteers should not be what you depend upon. I know you feel like you want to use them to get, get your nonprofit off the ground. But let me be honest with you. Volunteers can be fickle, not because they don't believe in you, not because they don't like you. Not because they don't trust you, but because volunteers typically have a full-time job elsewhere. They have responsibilities elsewhere. They have things to do between 9 and 5, and they can't come to your event every night of the week after 5 because they got their own stuff going on with their own family, their own jobs, their own stuff, right? So you can't rely upon volunteers as much as you might think you could. 
However, when you're able to strategically deploy volunteers for specific events, places, and spaces, then they can add tremendous value in ways that cannot be calculated on the balance sheet, which is why having volunteers can frame your budget in a way that can really help you a whole lot. Now, I want you to make sure that as you're processing these ideas that you're not uh, that you're that you're resonating with it. You're figuring out how you're going to resonate with it. You have to figure out how to balance in kind donations with donations of other types that actually add money to the bottom line. So with that being said, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Have you ever wondered how large nonprofits consistently generate millions of dollars? Have you ever wondered how to write the perfect grant or how to successfully manage a grant or even how to find money beyond grants? Hi, my name is Dr. William Clark, and I'm the creator and instructor of What You Should Know Before Applying for Grants. This masterclass has over 28 modules of training, and it comes with tools, tips, and tricks on how to generate significant money for your nonprofit. Some students have been fortunate enough to build six-figure programs, and others have been fortunate enough to triple their fundraising results because of this masterclass. Whatever your fundraising goals are, this masterclass can help you achieve them. To register your seat, simply go to MySixFigureFunding.com. That's MySixFigureFunding.com. And you'll be taken immediately into our student portal where you can access all of our trainings. You can take the trainings on demand, at your own pace, and at any time. You even can interact with other students and me all online from the comfort of your home or your office. If you want to secure your seat today for this masterclass, what you should know before applying for grants, simply go to MySixFigureFunding.com. Again, that's MySixFigureFunding.com. And I'm looking forward to learning with you and growing with you as you achieve your fundraising goals for your nonprofit. All right, family, we're back and uh, glad you're still hanging in there with us. Here's the third thing I want to point out to you when we talk about how to use in-kind donations to frame your budget, and that is transportation, right? Now, transportation, particularly if you're dealing, if you have a nonprofit that deals with groups of people that have transportation as a significant and real barrier, we all know as nonprofit professionals, at least those that have been around for a while, that transportation can be a huge, huge barrier. Access to stable transportation is hard for many of our clients, even Even if you're in a place that has uh, public transportation, there's public transportation in your state, in your city may not be as good as it is in New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, L.A. and other big cities that have the infrastructure to support actually getting around with public transportation, D.C., stuff like that, Baltimore. Right. You if that's if your state does not have solid uh, public transportation, right? It's unreliable. It's spotty. Then you you got to understand that transportation will always be a significant barrier for your clients. And so to get in-kind donations uh, would be to have someone say, hey, nonprofit X, I'm going to donate uh, X number of bus passes to your program specifically for clients that fit this particular mode. You don't got to pay for it. You don't got to give it back. You don't got to even, you know, thank us for it. Just take it and make sure people get around. That's in condonation what if you have uh, a church that says we have this is a good one we have an unused church van when i was growing up church vans were really big back in the day my father used to drive church van to pick up and drop off people here and there and everywhere and as we got older it became less of a thing but there are churches that still have church vans church buses who say 
We are not using these vans or buses except on the weekends to support our seniors. How about during Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, you use, or 9 to 9, whatever program you have, use our bus, use our van to transport people and to bless them, right? What if a church says that to you? And guess what? You don't have to pay for it. This is a gift that will keep on giving, and it's an incontination. Now, when you look at these things that I'm suggesting, meeting space, volunteers, and transportation support, these are all ways to not only frame your budget from a in-condonation perspective, but these are ways to build strategic relationships. For those of you who are launching nonprofits and you're saying, I don't have the money, I don't have the resources, I don't have this, I don't have that, and you keep going on and on and on and on and on, these are ways to engage people in your community, organizations in your community, individuals in your community to say, hey, you have an untapped resource that's sitting there and that's doing nothing. Would you mind lending it to our nonprofit? Perhaps your nonprofit is still in the streets today as we speak as the day of this recording and you are helping people in the midst of the quarantine don't you know that churches are shut down and some churches have buses and vans that are being unused even if they use them on a regular basis have you considered getting in touch with the pastor or the deacon and saying hey can we use your van to do some good can we leverage your resources to make something happen and can you make it an in-kind donation do you have volunteers who are sitting home in your church that want to do something that just they they're antsy they want to get out and help and and they want to be safe about it send your volunteers our way and 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 let them volunteer and support us or can they prepare masks at home no charge to us that we can hand it out to the families we serve this is amazing stuff right this is amazing stuff what if the same church has a a pro presume account and they only use it for bible study and sunday services so that leaves it open throughout the week for you to use again we're talking about in-kind donations that can really help you engage strategic partnerships around your city around your town around your neighborhood now as it relates to fundraising in general i'm gonna go on a tangent for a minute as it relates to fundraising in general you got to understand that these concepts of figuring out how to engage in-kind donations is very similar to how fundraising works. Just because you find a funder that is willing to give you XYZ amount of dollars, you're going to find out quick, fast, and hurry if you're new to the business that that's not enough. You're going to have to figure out how to build a coalition or a portfolio of funders to support a single single program. And in order to do that, you got to figure out how to leverage your resources, how to engage them, how to highlight what they can do, how they can partner with your organization being specific and this is i mean this this particular podcast allows you to go on so many tangents i work with and i see a whole lot of nonprofits who are very unspecific about what they need if you ask them how can i help you and i ask that question all the time i get this general statement that tells me absolutely nothing i need to raise money for what my, my nonprofit, but for what? You know, for what we do, but for what? Why do you keep asking me all these questions? Because I can't specifically help you if I don't know what you need a specific help in or with. And there are some cases as someone who does consult and teach uh, and guide nonprofits where I may say, hey, I have a resource that can help you. Or if I'm not the right person, if you're specific enough, I can pinpoint a specific person within my network who can specifically help you with that specific thing. And when you look at what we're talking about with in-kind donations, meeting space, volunteers, and transportation is starting to get at that here's the next thing right um i wrote down here student interns right student interns are another way of getting in-kind donations now there's a lot to say about interns i'm going to say that uh, i have been fortunate enough to have good interns however i typically pay my interns and i get a lot of good work out of them and they i believe have a great experience with us as a result of that 
But there have been times where we had interns that we did not pay for. And if you do it right, if you leverage – wow, um, let me share this with you. right? So, so we typically think of interns as young people who are going through college. There are programs around the country, perhaps in your city – where there are programs where people who are looking to get work experience, who may be uh, utilizing public assistance or older people who are looking to give back to the community, and they will be free of cost to your nonprofit, but they are being paid by someone else. That in it, in itself is a version of an in-kind donation because you don't have to pay for that particular person. Where I live, we call them maturity workers. And then for people who are on public assistance, I don't think I don't know if there's a name for the program, but it just exists. And so they act as interns. Right. And then, of course, you got your regular college interns, high school interns, et cetera. And and this is no different from volunteers. These are people who dedicate X number of hours to you so that they can learn something, do something on behalf of your organization. If you know how to interview, if you have a culture within your organization, if you know how to engage staff, then this will not be a problem for you. In fact, you will see interns as a huge. Huge, 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 huge opportunity to help someone build their career, build their portfolio, build their skills, and to help your nonprofit. This can be a big, big deal. I know in the city I live in, or in the state I live in, we do a thing called um, Summer Youth, where if you want to be a host uh, site, meaning you're an employer, you want to be a host site to host a young person, all you got to do is host them, but their salary is paid by you know the city or is paid by a local funder. And again, those young people between the age of 14, 17, or 18 serve as versions of interns. I hope you're fine. I hope you're like connecting with this stuff because this stuff is getting me excited. When you're able to look at what's happening in and around your community, you will find that there are a ton of resources that will help you get off the ground if you are new and it will cost you absolutely zero, zilch, nothing, nada, absolutely nothing. If you know how to find it and if you know how to leverage them, this now becomes your responsibility to figure out how to find those resources and to strategically engage and deploy those resources. They are out there in your community. If you're busy chasing grants, if you're busy chasing uh, funders, if you're busy chasing the next fundraiser, which never really works, none of that works, you're missing the opportunity for in-kind donations. The most mature organizations, the most mature organizations that have millions of dollars coming in on an annual basis definitely uses utilizes in-kind donations. So if they can, why don't you? If multi-million dollar organizations can do it, why can't you? It becomes a, a game of finding the resources. You can do it. You can do it. If you take what I'm giving you in this podcast, do searches for variants of these topics in your city, search Facebook, join Facebook groups, ask friends, and keep going until you find what you're looking for, you will find exactly what you're looking for. And the funny thing is, it will be right under your nose. It'll be, it's like finding, um, you know, a couple of dollars in your, in your cushion of your couch and then you've been sitting on it the entire time, you know, and, and now you found enough money in your couch that you can buy a box of pizza. That, that's what it's like. It's like finding treasure that's been right under your nose all this time. And once you find it, once you realize that it's been sitting there and you realize who's who and what's what and where it is, you're going to kick yourself like, man, I've been going around in circles all this time. And that person's been there all that time who could have helped me. Yes. In-kind donations are 
that it's it. It's life. It's where you get your 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 foundation from to build. And it's not only building a foundation is where you get to sustain your nonprofit. So let's take another quick break. I know I'm getting excited. I hope you are, too. But I hope you're connecting with this information about how to uh, use in-kind donations to frame your budget. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this message. Have you ever wondered how large nonprofits consistently generate millions of dollars? Have you ever wondered how to write the perfect grant or how to successfully manage a grant or even how to find money beyond grants? Hi, my name is Dr. William Clark, and I'm the creator and instructor of What You Should Know Before Applying for Grants. This masterclass has over 28 modules of training, and it comes with tools, tips, and tricks on how to generate significant money for your nonprofit. Some students have been fortunate enough to build six-figure programs, and others have been fortunate enough to triple their fundraising results because of this masterclass. Whatever your fundraising goals are, this masterclass can help you achieve them. To register your seat, simply go to MySixFigureFunding.com. That's MySixFigureFunding.com. And you'll be taken immediately into our student portal where you can access all of our trainings. You can take the trainings on demand, at your own pace, and at any time. You even can interact with other students and me all online from the comfort of your home or your office. If you want to secure your seat today for this masterclass, what you should know before applying for grants, simply go to MySixFigureFunding.com. Again, that's MySixFigureFunding.com. And I'm looking forward to learning with you and growing with you as you achieve your fundraising goals for your nonprofit. All right, family, we are back. We've been talking about how to use in-kind donations to frame your budget. First, we talked about meetings and meeting spaces, volunteers, transportation, student interns, and other intern types. And then lastly, supplies. This is an easy one, right? Everybody wants to give your nonprofit supplies. In fact, people will give you junk from their basement, junk from last school year that they don't use, junk from their kids uh, 10 years ago that they never gave away or got rid of. They will give you junk. But here's the thing. Let's take a moment and breathe. First of all, you know, junk can be overwhelming. I get it. I get it. Trust me. People just think nonprofits are charity cases where you just dump all your old stuff and you leave it and forget it. But let me give you some perspective on this. Um, number one, don't 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 take junk for the sake of junk's sake. If you accept it so you're nice to people, then either how do I say this? Say no. Or if you can't say no, take it and just give it away or throw it away. Like do, like don't don't allow your office, don't allow your space to become like a, a consignment shop. You don't got time for that. And don't say, oh, I can start a store. Stop it. Let, let me just stop you right there. Stop it. You cannot start a store because the effort it takes to start a store, if that's not a part of your core competency and skill, is going to detract from you doing what you're called to do and fulfilling the mission. So when it comes to supplies, let's assume, let's think positive, you get some good supplies and somebody gives you some good stuff. You can meet the needs of your office by looking at the supplies that are around you that are being given to you. Printing paper, pens, printers, devices, etc. Desks, etc. Now, if you are uh, someone that just has to have your office look a certain type of way, this part of the podcast is probably going to turn you off. I get it. I understand it. But here's a strategy, right? In-kind donations are, again, gifts that people are giving to you that have don't, don't have to be paid back. And it typically shows up in a thing or a service, right? A thing or a service. That's, that's all we've talked about in this podcast, a thing or a service. And if you really don't want the stuff that's given to you, one particular strategy you can do is to take what's given and trade it in and find a local consignment shop where you can trade it in for cash and or trade it in for something else in that particular shop that that uh, fits your needs. 
if you know how to sell on Facebook Marketplace, I don't even know if Craigslist is still a thing, but if it is, or eBay, you can post those things for sale and take the money that you get from the sale to put into the bottom line of your budget or your your savings or your checking and or use the money from the proceeds to get what you really want. In-kind donations in terms of supplies can actually pay dividends. Something like printing paper can be internally useful, particularly if you need to print paper at some point for a funder who may want to see paper files, right? But when it comes to other stuff like incongruent furniture, large desks and chairs that, that aren't necessarily useful, there are people who just want funky, crazy stuff, right, to fit inside their own home because they like stuff like that. And what may be junk to you may be treasured to someone else. So if you got the patience, skill, and ability to sell online, do so. If you're able to trade it in with the local person, do so. Uh, another thing to do is to possibly give it to another nonprofit who really might can use what you don't want, right? So find a mover, um, and have somebody come pick it up and give it away. Supplies can be an in-kind donation that can have various types of lives in your organization. Or you may say, I'm going to keep this stuff. I have no shame in my game. Yes, my furniture is not going to match. Yes, the, the executive chair has a hole in it. But I'm going a, I'm to a rock with this until I get off the ground and until we get X, Y, and Z goals accomplished. And if that's you, by all means, do you. Do you. And if that's not you. Do you another way. This part of the podcast and this part about supplies is all about finding a comfortable place for you. Being smart, right? Don't throw your, don't thumb your nose up at people who are giving you donations. These donations can take on various lives. And think about this. Donors who are giving you supplies may be a conduit to other types of gifts that you may value at some point in the future. Therefore, be gracious, be humble, be thankful for the gift, even if you don't like it. Because you don't know when that gift giver may come back and say, hey, I found this. I don't know if you really like it. And you look at it and say, oh, my goodness, I've been looking for that. I've been waiting for that. I've been hoping for that connection. I've been hoping for that relationship. I've been hoping for this type of donation or this type of gift, this type of sponsor for so long. Thank you. But when you burn a bridge because you don't, quote, like what they gave. It can turn people off. And it can shut off opportunities that could have come to you in the future. With that being said, this is our podcast for the day. We just talked about how to use in-kind donations to frame your budget. Again, talk to your tax professional. Talk to your accounting professionals that should be helping your nonprofit navigate these, these murky waters of managing a nonprofit. But you can do it. You can do it. You can leverage these in-kind donations to frame your budget. You can do it to help other funders figure out figure out that they are not alone investing in you. And these in-kind donations are encouragement to you that people see you. I'll close with this. Some of you are starting nonprofits and you're wondering if people see you. You're wondering if customers see you, if funders see you, if the community sees you. Yes, they see you. Evidence of this is by uh, you can determine this by what they give and the fact that they're giving forget what they give the fact that they gave and the fact that people are giving to your cause and to your work says that they see you that you are that you are here you matter you're going to be something you're going somewhere so if you're looking for this sign to to show that you're moving in the right direction and you're judging it based upon money the next grand award that you may or may not get let me help you out. That's a cool marker to determine value. But come on now. You got to open up your mind and realize 
the fact that this gift is given to you, these in-kind donations, whether it's meeting space, volunteers, transportation, student interns or interns of other types and supplies, people are saying, yes, I see you. Be encouraged. Stay the course. Stay focused. Your customers need you more than anything else. And this is not time for your ego to take over. Okay? Uh, do you agree with me? Can you say yes? Shake your head yes. Say it out loud yes. Even if you're by yourself shopping in Walmart, uh, just go ahead and say yes out loud. They're not going to look at you weird. Just say yes. Just say yes. Okay? This is Dr. William Clark for the Dr. William Clark Podcast. Y'all stay safe out here. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Have you ever wondered how large nonprofits consistently generate millions of dollars? Have you ever wondered how to write the perfect grant or how to successfully manage a grant or even how to find money beyond grants? Hi, my name is Dr. William Clark, and I'm the creator and instructor of What You Should Know Before Applying for Grants. This masterclass has over 28 modules of training, and it comes with tools, tips, and tricks on how to generate significant money for your nonprofit. Some students have been fortunate enough to build six-figure programs, and others have been fortunate enough to triple their fundraising results because of this masterclass. Whatever your fundraising goals are, this masterclass can help you achieve them. To register your seat, simply go to mysixfigurefunding.com. That's mysixfigurefunding.com, and you'll be taken immediately into our student portal where you can access all of our trainings. You can take the trainings on demand, at your own pace, and at any time. You even can interact with other students and me all online from the comfort of your home or your office. If you want to secure your seat today for this masterclass, what you should know before applying for grants, simply go to mysixfigurefunding.com. Again, that's mysixfigurefunding.com, and I'm looking forward to learning with you and growing with you as you achieve your fundraising goals for your nonprofit.